Welcome to Echo, the podcast where we share our personal perspectives on questions about God, spirituality, and the Seventh-day Adventist Church. I'm Ryan Becker, your host. No matter who you are, we hope that you find value and encouragement through real discussions about real things. Let's jump in. Hey guys, welcome back to Echo. I'm Ryan Becker, your host, and I'm really glad you're joining us. Just a couple things before we jump into this. We are actually currently recording in the College Jail Seventh-day Adventist Church in College Jail, Tennessee, and uh, they're going through some renovations right now. So you might hear some weird construction noises. Uh, they're literally right across the wall from us. So just bear with us if that happens. I promise it's not us. It's just the way that schedules happen. But as we dive into today's episode, I have two awesome guests with me, both of them I would consider good friends of mine, uh, the first of which is Ben Williams. So Ben, why don't you uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, my name is Ben Williams, as Ryan said. Um, I'm from Hagerstown, Maryland. Uh, I grew up there, went to Highland View Academy, Shenandoah Valley Academy, and now I'm a theology major here at Southern looking to finish up um, and then head up to Andrews, get my seminary done, and be a pastor one day. Awesome. Very, very cool. And Jose, um, now Jose, there's there's one thing that I want to make sure I give you the opportunity to plug here as well, but um, Jose, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so my name is Jose Briones. I was born in Nicaragua, and um, right now I'm a pastor in the Georgia Cumberland Conference. I um, I have a three-church district, and... I just love doing, you know, creative work too. Cool. So uh, tell us a little bit about the creative work so that you're doing. Besides being a pastor, I am the, one of the hosts of Disruptive Adventism. Probably maybe you have listened to it or maybe you've seen an ad for it on Facebook because I've been targeting people. Uh, so hopefully <laughs> that's working out very well. But yes, I am one of the hosts. We have a team and we encourage conversations in the Adventist church. So that's what we're trying to do. And trying to involve other people. So if you want to be involved, just make sure to reach out and we'll go to your area or maybe over the web. So that's that's what it is. Awesome. Very cool. So I'm really excited for both of these guys. They're good friends of mine and we have good conversations every time I come together with them. So uh, I'm excited for today's topic. I think uh, this one is, has been really hard to navigate for a lot of people. And uh, the reason being, it's always not so clear um, or it's not always so clear, you know, what makes us Seventh-day Adventists, right? What, what, uh, at what point uh, do I become an Adventist? Is it when I buy into all 28 fundamental beliefs that we have currently? Um, what about people who became Adventists when we were only at 27 or people before that? Do we have to rebaptize them because they need to accept the 28th? So there's 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 um, there's a tension that exists with people because they just don't understand what the actual role of the 28 fundamental beliefs are uh, in their own lives, and they may not even not even I mean, I would I would dare say that most Adventists probably can't even list all 28 right off just the top of their head, especially not in order. That way I know I'm right. That way I know that last <laughs> statement was right because I know uh, that people struggle to list them in order. So let's, let, I mean, let's talk um, uh, kind of initial thoughts here. Um, how do you interact or how have you interacted with the 28 Fundamentals? And Ben, let's, uh, let's start with you. Yeah, the, the 28 Fundamentals used to be something in my life that kind of baffled me. And it kind of even held me back from having a good relationship with God because 
it became something that I knew I was an Adventist and I knew that there was these fundamental beliefs and I knew, so if I'm an Adventist, then I believe in those and I don't really need to go outside of that, right? And so it became almost something that held me back from studying the Bible. Um, but, but in my daily life now, they've become something that gives me a reference point to understand my identity as a Christian, right? Because there's so many Christian organizations out there. I mean, we, we, we know people that are in, in, in so many different ones. But the fundamental beliefs to me really help me recognize and, and see why I am an Adventist versus a Baptist versus a Catholic versus some other denominations. Um, and in my daily life, they're, they're a reference point. Um, and they kind of help me navigate this Christian world that we're in. Okay, so that makes sense. So it's not, it's not necessarily that subscribing to them makes you one way, but actually they just help you articulate why you are a certain way. So that, that it kind of sounds like what I'm hearing you yeah. say, and, and I can resonate with that, definitely. Uh, Jose, what about you? What, how do you interact with them? Um, so when it comes to the 28 Fundamental Beliefs, I, I personally think that they're just a some guidelines, you know, to a certain degree. They're just a rough sketch of what it is. But in my journey, in my um, spiritual journey, I never saw them as the distinctive aspects of the Adventist faith. I just saw them as a way for people to relate to Adventism. But the preamble of the fundamental beliefs is really what I hold fast and what actually shaped my journey. Because I think a lot of us, are in this arena, you know, where we're like, why am I an Adventist? And reading the 28 Fundamental Beliefs book will not give you that answer. Mm-hmm. But the preamble says that, you know, we don't have a creed, but the, the Bible is our creed. So for me, once I read that, I was like, okay, this is kind of like the sketch or like some official position that allows us to stay organized, but it's not my spiritual journey. So it's not like I toss them aside, but it's more like I just focus on what they're built on, which is the Bible. And once I started studying the Bible, I was like, oh, that's why we organize them the way that, they, that we organize them. Yeah, I, I've always kind of seen the, the 28 fundamentals as uh, more of an identifier for people outside of our faith, mm-hmm. right? Because they give a picture. It's not meant to be a complete picture, but they give you an idea of what to expect as you interact with a Seventh-day Adventist. Um, but... And I've never seen them used um, explicitly as a test of fellowship, right? Mm-hmm. Or as a way to keep you in or keep you out. Um, but I, I think there is the question, I think the question behind this idea of how the fundamentals play a role in our lives is, is this. Uh, what makes you a Seventh-day Adventist? Like at what point do you say, I am a Seventh-day Adventist? Uh, and And does it... Is it at the point that you accept all 28 or is there room for variation and disagreement? And if so, uh, you know, what are the non-negotiables? Mm-hmm. So th- this is kind of a, a complex thing here. And, and so let's, I mean, I, I, what I do personally you think? think that, um, when it comes to being an Adventist, of course, um, the baptismal vows, they are 13, for example, mm-hmm. you know, 12 or 13. Um, but I think what, is non-negotiable is the definition of an Adventist. So Seventh-day Adventist. Mm. Believe in the second coming of Jesus, which implies that you believe in Jesus already. Yeah. Um, and you should believe in God by that default, like, you know, that kind of um, argumentation, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, like, you know, you need to kind of have that understanding because that's part of the Advent. You know, the Advent is not just Jesus coming back, taking us to the thousand years, 
but it is more than that, extends through the millennium and coming back where God will live among us. And that's yeah. not only Jesus, but the Father and the Holy Spirit all together, right? Of course, they're omnipresent. They can be whatever they want. But besides that is Seventh Day, right? Seventh Day Adventist. You believe in the Second Advent, you believe in Jesus, and the Seventh Day as the Sabbath. I think those are like clearly the non-negotiables. You know, b- b- besides that, I don't see other things that you cannot derive from the Bible or have a conversation. You know, and maybe, you know, it's not it's not black and white. It's like there's this spectrum in between that, you know, we need to learn how to navigate when, when it comes to different conversations. Um, another person, maybe people will say another one that I may think of is um, marriage. Another institution at creation, right? That's That's another one. But even that, you know, when it comes to marriage, we need to understand like, okay, well, there are provisions for celibate lifestyle in the Bible. You know, how, how do we manage that tension? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I think that our name is, that's the clear cut, you know, things. Believe in the second coming of Jesus, visible, you know, uh, believe in Jesus and believing in the seventh day. So those are the three that I will say, like, you cannot be a Seventh-day Adventist if you don't adhere to these things. Yeah. And those three kind of imply that, as you've already said, they imply that there's more to it, right? To believe that Jesus is coming back means that you have to believe that he came, he came first, first yes, right? Exactly. So there's more. And, and for Jesus to come, he had to come from somewhere, right? Yeah. There's 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 some sort of origin there. And there's a reason uh, why he came. Yeah, exactly. So there's there, it definitely leads you on the path. And so that's why I think Seventh-day Adventism is not meant to be the end of the journey, but rather it's the journey of discovering all those extra points beyond the, the original truths that you've learned. Uh, so I can, I would, I, I tend to very, very much agree uh, with what you've said at this point. Uh, ben, any thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, I, I really agree with what both of you have been saying, um, but I really resonated with what you just said right there, where it's the beginning of the journey. Um, because I've seen in my own life that the reason that I was a Seventh-day Adventist was very cultural growing up. Um, it was tradition in my family, and it wasn't until I saw the fundamental beliefs and I studied them for myself that I then took that identity for myself. Um, and it became the beginning of my journey, like the fundamental beliefs became the beginning of my journey, somewhere to look at, somewhere to to to, to go in the Bible to figure out who am I as a Christian, who am I as a Seventh-day Adventist. Um, and it's just, yeah, I mean, it's it's that for me. Yeah, no, that's fair. Okay, so so then let's let's get really kind of specific here, um, and I promise that I'm not trying to get any of us in trouble. Um, <laughs> but but where where is the room then for uh, disagreement with or, or 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 doubt with the fundamentals? Where do you think that line is? You use a word that you know I don't like, and this is the word doubt. You know because I think that doubt automatically implies something negative. You know, well, and, I liked my words. Yes, so, no, well, I like mine. And the reason why I don't like doubt is because a lot of people will be like, the antithesis to doubt is trust. So you got to trust, you got to trust blindly, you got to have mm. faith, right? But when we put it that clear and dry, you know, it's just like, okay, there's, you either doubt the Bible or you believe in the Bible blindly. And it's like, well, you can be certain about certain things. You know, the language of certainty is a little bit better to explain trust because I can trust you because I know you, but I can also be certain of, of um, attributes or, you know, things that I have seen, things that I have experimented through the journey of understanding the beliefs. So I think that we may be certain 100% in certain things, like, for example, the Sabbath, right? We're certain that there's no change in the scriptures. 
But when it comes to that, there are other topics such as, <clears throat> okay, what do we do with hot topic ordination? You know, I don't think there's one that could say I'm 100% certain that there's no evidence in the Bible for ordination, you know, or I'm 100% certain that there is evidence in the Bible for ordination. And, you know, there's a, this hot topic I'm just using as an example is like, you may not be 100% in either camp. You need to learn to dialogue. And that's where, you know, your certainty may stay on one side or the other. Okay. Fair. Um, I reject your criticism. I'm just kidding. No. Um, I, I think that's a fair point. And I think uh, ordination is a fair example as well, because it actually isn't one of the 28 fundamentals. But I think the way that we're seeing that conversation play out in Adventism currently is is very indicative of the spirit of the fundamentals and the spirit mm -hmm. of the preamble, right? The foundation on which we built them, which is very much if this faith is a journey, then there's room for dialogue along it. Uh -huh. And I think the, for me, I think the line for the fundamentals is uh, not necessarily, you know, disagreeing or uh, not believing with them, but rather the manner in which you do uh, and the manner in which you treat others who, who don't follow along the same lines as you. I think that is, you know, you'll know, uh, Jesus says, you, you know, they'll know, the, the world will know that you're my disciples by how you love one another, not by what you necessarily believe, but by how you love one another. And so I think the best reflection of the, uh, of the love that we've experienced is how we treat others in that disagreement, uh, not trying to poison the churches that you're in if you tend to disagree or cause trouble or, uh, or ruin someone else's journey. I think a big uh, mistake we make is assuming that because we've made it to point Z on an issue, uh, that everyone else is ready to make that same jump to where we are when actually they may be at point A and they just need to get to B first mm. before they can get, you know, they still have the entire alphabet to get through before they get to where you might be. And so there's a journey for everyone. And I think respecting that journey is, is a big, is definitely a huge part of it. I don't know, Ben, anything to add here? Yeah. And I, I think the line, that's a very difficult question to ask for the line <laughs> because I, and I think a lot has to come with, and I, and honestly, like maybe I disagree with you a little bit. I like the word doubt a little bit in this because Two I think one. Two the reason, one. Okay. the reason for doubt, I think often has a big role to play as well, because I mean, think about this scenario. It's, so let's say I don't believe in the Sabbath. I doubt the Sabbath because I like to hang out with my friends and do whatever I want on Sabbath. And so I'm throwing that away versus I have some doubt because of scripture I've found and I'm working through that. I think these are two hugely different things, right? Sure. I'm throwing out a doctrine because I have doubt because I like how I live versus I have doubt because I found some things in the Bible that I'm struggling through. So you're and pointing I, towards more like intellectual curiosity and biblical exactly. curiosity. And I, and I think this is where it's hard to draw a line, right? Because if I right now am saying, I don't really know how I feel about the sanctuary message, I'm studying that out. Am I no mm. longer an Adventist? I would say, no, I'm just trying to understand things better so that I can more fully understand the Bible for myself and then as an Adventist. Yeah. Because I think that often doubt leads us to a better understanding of Adventism and a better understanding of fundamental beliefs. True belief always, in my opinion, and, and in my own head, starts with doubt. I have to question something mm. before I can truly believe something. That, well, okay, so, so you just gave me an idea that I've never thought about with the fundamentals, and, and I saw you, like, ready to go. Yeah. So hold on, we're, we're, uh, don't worry, I I'm not going to leave you behind here. I, um, I wonder if for people who are on the journey of wondering, what do I believe, why do I believe it, whatever, uh, I wonder if the fundamentals can also just serve as a great place to start. Because yeah. if you go to Adventist.org and you 
and you go find our fundamental beliefs, uh, you'll find the title, you'll find the paragraph, and you'll find a list of, you know, 10 or so verses that give you a good place to start for some of this stuff. And so that might be, I love that idea of intellectual curiosity driving you somewhere. If you don't know where to start, well, all right, start with fundamental belief number one and go from there. Or if you're Seventh day Adventist, right? So start with Seventh day and then start with, and then, you know, jump to Adventist yeah. next. Deep, unpack those words yeah. and then repack them. And that's been my journey. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. When you mentioned this idea of, I'm going to, study something or I may question something, am I no longer a Seventh-day Adventist? I think that's such a dangerous conversation to have with yourself because like, I mean, if you're Adventist already, right, that's part of your identity. And then you're denying your identity and you have to kind of question, why are you denying your identity? And then there is like, I think that in the church, sometimes we have this tendency to be like, they're in the wrong, they're the enemy, they're having heresy rather than they're my brother. They may have a question. Let's sit down mm. together, explore, start the conversation, right? Let's let's go through, you know, whatever. Let's go through the evidence, you know, um, because sometimes, I mean, this is another thing. Like, you know, we have the Bible, right? And as Protestant Christians, we believe that we can all study. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, he will help us understand the Bible. And there are some clear passages, there's some clear things that we can just be like, you know what, I don't need another explanation from a lofty theologian, I don't need some like whatever exegesis, you know, and like hermeneutics and all of that mumbo jumbo that, you know, that people sometimes do not understand. I can just read the text, come to a scriptural sound understanding, the Holy Spirit will help me. But there are other topics that may not be as easy to navigate. I mean, for example, you go to Judges, you know. And you have a very interesting story there of a Levite and a concubine. And the first thing that jumps to your mind is like, why does a Levite have a concubine? You know, but, okay, what does that mean? What is that representing? Like, you know, or revelation, you know, prophecy. You know, that's a lot of people question and have different interpretations. And that does not make them less of an Adventist. That just makes them somebody that wants to find truth. And I think that we need to do a better job at embracing that truth altogether. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. And I think, you know, I do think, and, and I think this is across the board for any denomination, I think the one universal line that all of us have is Jesus is the starting place. I think that is, you know, you can, I, I don't know, you can be, I guess you can nominally be a Seventh-day Adventist without Jesus in that picture, right? This idea of perfectionism or that your works are what save you. But Ultimately, I think Jesus is the starting place for, for that. And the reason I say that is because I think along the lines of what both of you have touched on here, um, is this idea that our, if somehow our identity, uh, has been placed in a list of beliefs instead of the person who made us, instead of the being that made us. And, you know, when, when, when something is made, its value is instilled in it by just its virtue of existing as a creation. And so I think we've we've mistakenly put our value in in the list of beliefs that, man, parents see this all the time. I think a part of growing up is realizing that your parents were were trying to figure it out, <laughs> uh, just as you know they didn't yep. have everything figured out. And in the same way, like people in their eighties are still arguing over different things, and they've been Christians their whole lives. Why do we have to have it figured out when I'm twenty, twenty one, twenty five, you know, thirty? I've got a whole lifetime to do this. So let me uh, let me put my identity and my value in who created me and let him 
you know, and through that relationship and that journey with him, let him figure out all this stuff with me and teach me everything through the Holy Spirit and, and through Bible study and community and engaging uh, in a loving community. I think that is uh, how we handle you know, our identity as Seventh-day Adventists. I don't know if there's a disagreement there or, you know, there is room, I think, for disagreement, but... I think that, I mean, you you have a very good point that we we don't focus on Jesus enough. You know, we like to go through the letter of the law, you know, yeah. and to the letter of the fundamental beliefs rather than approaching it like Jesus would, you know, just, I mean, cliche, but what would Jesus do? You know, that, just that, mm. that whole idea of like approaching it through the lens of Jesus is easier and it's more relatable than just saying like, you agree, you don't agree with paragraph five of fundamental belief number mm. four, you know, nature of man or whatever it is, you know, um, actually that's a Trinity, Trinity is number four. Um, so you don't agree <laughs> with that. Um, and you're not longer an Adventist rather than like, oh, you know. Let's go through Jesus. Let's go the Jesus way. So. I, I just want to annoy all of the, the people that are listening to this that are perfectionists and pointing out the irony that Trinity is number four, uh, if that's actually true. Uh, <laughs> I just want to, uh, and I think that uh, actually, actually, it'll be the Holy Spirit because the first one is the Bible. Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah, okay, part of the um, Trinity, I guess. But uh, <laughs> still, I think that would be the, the fact. Even just the fact that Trinity is not number three is yeah, just yeah, great so. to me. <laughs> um, but I just think it's funny. But hey, thank you guys so much for coming on. Uh, I think this has been a great conversation. I honestly like. I I thought about stuff in this conversation that I hadn't before. Um, so I really appreciate the insights both of you have shared. So Ben and Jose, thank you guys so much. Uh, and uh, to our listeners, we want to thank you guys so much for supporting us, for listening. Uh, and a special shout out to Southern Adventist University for hosting us and allowing us to record uh, season two here. So listeners, thank you again, and we'll see you next week. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Echo. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay up to date with new episodes as we release them, and for more awesome content from Project Refresh, a ministry of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, then go ahead and hit that subscribe button below. And don't forget to like and leave a comment.